Hello, my friends. Have you ever had a tarot reading? Someone with a special kind of intuition who had you secretly ask a question in your mind and in your heart? Who flipped over cards in an interesting configuration? And who found special significance for your life and situation in the images presented there? It doesn't matter if you have or haven't. You could do this with any cards. Any cards can have meaning to them if we ascribe it, you know. I was just curious. I don't have much more to say about that. I just wanted to know if you were familiar with such a thing as this. I'm sure you are. Have you changed this week? How have you changed? What has the first month of this new year brought you, looking back? Shall I tell you what it's brought me? The snow fell, and it fell hard over the last two weeks. No matter. I don't need to tread through snow to get from one place to another. I don't need a heavy coat, a scarf, a hat, or boots. I can move quite freely. And since I've decided not to hide any longer, I've certainly had some strange reactions to this lately. I try to be careful, but there is inevitably someone who sees me gliding across the top of the snow like a phantom, or leaping through the night sky across rooftops. Let them think they saw a ghost. It's not terribly untrue, is it? I told you that I decided to leave my beloved stranger in the tower a few weeks ago. I broke my own rules and I left him. And why not? I'm powerful enough, and he's deserted me so many times before. It isn't revenge, though. It is merely a desire for freedom and company of a more gentle sort. I have met gentle creatures. I would like to meet more. I have no more patience for cruelty, you see. So I left. I ran and I ran, joyfully flying from one place to another. And after some traveling through the country, through busy cities, through places I've never been and places I've been but forgot, I've found myself in a small town. There are farms, farms everywhere, and not many people. People, still, but not many of them. That doesn't really matter, I don't think. I think what matters is that no one saw this. So I must tell it to you. I was sitting on a hill. It was covered in snow. The cold didn't hurt me or bring me any discomfort. But I almost wish it did. If only so that it could make the warmth of a fire so much more sweet. Anyway, I looked at the moon. It was a half moon and it was orange and so close to where I sat. 
It seemed that the miles of rolling hills reflected that orange back up towards the sky. And the sky was dark and orange in return. It was almost magic. This was something I'd forgotten. In all my time running and searching and feeling lost and abandoned, it never occurred to me how beautiful the world can be when you are alone. And how that beauty is still so very worthwhile, even if you cannot share it. Perhaps it is even more worthwhile because it is all yours. It was then that I heard a great sound. Loud flapping of wings and a huge crash and then the sight of snow flying in every direction all around me. And as the snow was disturbed, it formed something of a crater. And all I could see was dead grass in this large, snowless circle now. I felt angry then that someone would make me see this instead of that pristine, pure snow. It was then that I was sure I knew who it was. Of course I did. How could I not know? He stood in the crater of dead brown grass, this tall thing wearing all black and spreading his huge black wings, that perpetual smile still on his face despite the absolute rage gleaming in his eyes. I stood and waited. But he didn't say anything. He was a creature of few words at the best of times, and now at his worst of times he was no exception. What was there to say, after all? How dare you break your own rules and leave me? How dare you leave me after I have spent a thousand lifetimes leaving you? How dare you think that you could possibly be powerful enough to navigate this world on your own? I did not leave him because of logic. And he did not chase after me because of logic. Therefore, there was nothing logical to say. He extended a hand towards me. It shook with fury. His eyes did not soften because of the gesture. It was not a soft gesture. I shook my head and said simply, No, beloved. Not yet. He grimaced, and with one large push of those great and terrible wings, he flew at me. He grabbed my wrist, pulling me up towards the sky. A whirl of cold wind, orange sky, and orange ground, and gently falling snow filled my vision in no way that made sense. We wrestled mid-air in the way that birds of prey fight. I tried to stay on the ground, but he was intent on bringing me up to the sky. Up to the sky and back to the tower where there are locks on the doors and beds under the floorboards. I'm not ready, I kept shrieking. I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I don't want to go. He stared at me midair, his black eyes locking onto my black eyes. Both of us staring into mirrors upon mirrors upon mirrors of emptiness. Nothingness. Mirrors. Suddenly a thought occurred to me. 
let me fall, I whispered. My stranger sneered. What? I shook my head and answered, I wasn't talking to you. And I looked up to the sky. I know that it doesn't make sense, but that is where I looked to speak to her. And I whispered again, Let me fall. And suddenly I did. I haven't fallen in centuries. I have flown for so long, but I spread my arms wide and closed my eyes and felt that adrenaline rush one feels when one is free-falling from a great height. And I smiled at the deliciousness of it. And I felt my stranger with his great talons and his sharp teeth grasp my hand to try to pull me up. But what a wondrous thing. I began instead to drag him down with me. Down, down, down we fell, and into the snow. It didn't hurt a bit, unsurprisingly. I fell gracefully like a cat, while my stranger rolled and stumbled and cried out like a downed falcon. I stood and I walked towards him, his wings and body nested deep in the snow. I slowly approached and said, I am not going with you. I will see you again some day, but not now. He raised himself up to his feet with a little difficulty, given how disoriented he was. He was not hurt, I knew. He said to me, You will come. You will obey. Your power is great but not greater than mine. I smiled. Not greater, but different. And suddenly I remembered my youth when I was alive. The day I first saw that tower. Before I knew of ghosts and angels and monsters and love and pain. Before I knew what it felt like to be cast out before I knew what it felt like to be alone. Oh, my poor, my cruel beloved, I said. I took his hand, and he seemed to almost be electrified by the touch. It was so surprising to him, so gentle, and I wrapped him in an embrace. He felt it the thing we both had in our power, the thing that has terrified me for so long. Everything going black all around us. A vision of a world of only the dead. For we bring about nothing but death. Nothing but nothing. But it did not stop there. Stories are funny things. There are stories, myths, Myths of gods who could be killed, usually by other gods. There are ancient texts where certain angels fought a great battle and were defeated by other angels. Stories are funny things. My stranger touches things and they die. It has been like this since he fell to earth so very, very long ago. 
He does not hate these things. He cannot hate. But I think he can feel something else. After all, he touched me in the tower that night and I did not die. Well, I did. But I became something else because he felt something more than death that night. But also because I am something neither he nor his kin has ever seen before. And I felt only love and pity as I embraced him in my arms. My arms that had a strength I've never known. It was there, I just didn't know it. I tried to hush him as I might a child. Perhaps rock him back and forth if he'd let me. He embraced me that night in the tower and I became immortal. And now I embraced him and he became... Huh. His strength was fading in my arms, and a strange beating, like a drum, almost, rang quietly in his chest. His black eyes brightened into white, and then beautiful blue. He screamed in agony as his beautiful fangs dulled themselves and his claws cracked and shrank. And somehow it seemed that his beautiful wings were set on fire, some invisible fire before they were simply gone. And he felt warm in my arms. When I finally let him go, he was shivering in the cold. He looked at his hands. He felt at the heartbeat in his chest. He breathed in deeply, and the cold stung his lungs. And when his blue eyes looked up at me, they were frightened. What have you done? He whispered. And perhaps he didn't know why he did it or who he was shouting to. But I knew who she was. As he looked up to the sky and screamed at some unseen thing. What have you done? And when he looked back at me, I saw nothing but shock in his eyes as a terrible pain rippled through my back, as though my skin was being split open, as though my bones were growing in strange new directions, and as though I were growing two great wings on my back. When I saw a black feather dislodge itself and fall to the ground, I knew it had finished. The pain subsided. Take it back, he whispered, speaking to someone neither of us could see, but both of us knew very well at this point. There was no denying it anymore. Change it, please. Take it back, he pleaded with the sky. I smiled, tears in my eyes, and stretched my wings. Tell me, beloved, if you are no longer death, then what will you be? He trembled and looked like a frightened child. Alive? He guessed. I nodded. What a gift we've given you. And if I am no longer death, what are you? He asked us, afraid of the answer. I smiled even more broadly now. We both did, though he only saw me. 
I am the world. And then I launched myself into the sky and flew up towards that moon with my beautiful black wings. And so I've changed, dear friends. For the better, I hope. I have always loved the world. On with my journey. Hello everyone, thanks so much for listening to episode 50 of On a Dark Cold Night. It's the 50th episode. We're halfway there. This is Kristen, your writer, your host, your friend. And, uh, let me think. What did she just say? I am the world. A few quick things, as always. If you like the show and want to support what we do, you can support us on Patreon, where, for any monthly pledge amount, you can have full access to the soundtrack of the podcast, which is updated with each new story I write. You can find me there at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy us a coffee if you want to just donate once and don't want the soundtrack. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. A free way to help your podcaster get paid is to listen on the Radio Public app where every listen counts as a paid listen for me and works towards me earning money for this show. So please check out the awesome stuff going on at Radio Public. You can write me anytime with any questions or thoughts. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, and on my Facebook page by the same name as the show. And if you would like to share a review of the show, please feel free to leave us some words on iTunes. Stitcher, Facebook, Podknife, or anywhere you're able to review things. Thank you so much for visiting. Good night, my friends.